Hey you guys, how are you doing? Welcome back to Monday Morning Espresso. This is Gabby. Um, as I record this, I am sitting in my kitchen. So this is a little different space than I usually record. You'll probably hear a clock ticking and a refrigerator humming. <laughs> That's okay. I just finished cleaning up my house actually because my husband has been gone out of the country for 12 days. And as you can imagine, me being mommy alone here with two toddlers, the house has kind of fallen apart. <laughs> um, but my husband comes home today and I would love for him to come home to a nice space. So I'm sitting in my clean kitchen and it's just delightful that things are cleaned up now. If you're a mom, I know you can relate. Even if you're a dad, if you're anyone who lives with small children, you can relate. So it's great. I'm so excited that he's coming home today. It's been uh, a great trip for him, but we've missed him a lot. And for some reason, when he is away, I feel like I can just stay up really late. I don't know why. <laughs> it's really goofy because I still have children and actually I don't have backup in the morning. I only have myself and they still wake up early. So anyway, I'm tired and I'm looking forward to getting back into some kind of a routine, which somehow will happen because my husband's coming home. Anyway, all that to say, I'm just happy that he's coming. And today I wanted to talk to you guys about Elijah. Woohoo! I love Elijah. Elijah is this amazing prophet in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> who was just anointed by God really to speak truth to the nation of Israel in a time of evil and drought, literal drought and spiritual drought. And um, I've been reading so, so much in the New Testament the past six months, which I, of course, is awesome, but I have neglected to spend a lot of time in the Old Testament recently, and I just felt like, okay, go read about Elijah, because he's so inspirational and relatable in a lot of ways. And today, this just hit me, like this story, and I've heard a couple whisperings, actually, along similar lines, but it hit me personally today, um, how Elijah... You probably remember learning about this in Sunday school and stuff. I actually remember from when I was a kid, there was an Adventures in Odyssey episode about this. And it it actually stuck with me for a long time. Like, it made it so real, this story. But um, Elijah basically is being hunted by King Ahab. This wicked king of Israel is hunting him down because Elijah's basically speaking the truth, like, about how the nation is succumbing to evil and how King Ahab is evil <laughs> and all of these things. And the, uh, worshiping Baal is evil. Um, so finally, Ahab finds him, but Elijah kind of sets up this duel of the gods, which is fascinating, and says, hey, let's have a contest. You bring all of your Baal prophets and I'll bring myself and we'll see which God is real. So he says some, asks of something very simple, like set up an altar and ask your God to send fire to burn up your offering, <clears throat> your sacrifice. So they, I, I'm sorry about clearing my throat all the time. I've had this cold for like three weeks. It's super annoying. But anyway, um, 
So the, I think it's how many hundreds of prophets and worshipers of Baal come and they set up an altar and they start screaming and yelling and um, asking Baal to come and show himself. And Elijah gets real like snarky about it. He's like, scream louder. Maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe he's relieving himself i.e. going to the bathroom. Maybe he went on a trip. You need to scream louder. So I can imagine this scene is like super creepy because they're all slashing their arms and blood everywhere, screaming, screaming, screaming to this God who doesn't hear because he's not real. So then Elijah comes and he says, okay, my turn. And he has these servants and he tells the servants, you know what, to make this a little more interesting, why don't you pour a bucket of water over the offering, over the wood, over the whole altar? Soak it in water. So they do. And then he says, do it again and do it again. So they do this three times. And then he kneels down and prays and the fire consumes the sacrifice. So then after that, because the deal was made, you know, if I win, all of your prophets die. It's pretty intense. All of, He kills, it says he kills all of them. Um, but this is also following a, I believe, a three-year-long drought in the land. And right after this happens, after basically the, these sinful people have been cleansed from Israel, <clears throat> um, uh, Elijah says that rain is coming. So he tells Ahab rain is coming and he goes up onto a mountain and he kneels down. It says he puts his face between his knees, which is really not that easy. <laughs> he puts his face between his knees and he prays and he tells his servant, go look for a cloud. And the servant comes back. He says, there's nothing. And he, he says, go again, look for a cloud. And the servant comes back and he says, there's nothing. He does this seven times. And finally, on the seventh time, the servant is probably grateful that he has something to say, but worried about what it is he has to say. He says, there's a cloud the size of man's fist. That's all Elijah needed. He got up and starts running. And he says, the rain is coming. Like, warn Ahab. It's coming quick. If he doesn't leave soon, he's not going to make it. The rain's going to stop everything. So it's miraculous, right? And then he picks up his robe and he runs for like ever. It's super grace-empowered running. It's a crazy story, guys. So he does this. And then after this, all of these miracles, like that he saw because of his obedience. He saw so many miracles. He saw the fire consuming the sacrifice. He saw the rain come. He runs away into the wilderness in despondency. He even leaves his servant behind. Um, and he just lays down and he just wants to die. And it doesn't fully explain why, but he definitely is having thoughts of like, I'm the only person left who cares about God. Like, what is the point of all this anyway? No one still cares about God. Um, so he lays down and it says an angel of the Lord comes. I'm saying this all from memory. I'm not reading it. Um, and an angel of the Lord comes and wakes him up and says, you need to eat something. And basically gives him a meal. He says, you need to eat something to prepare you for the journey ahead. Otherwise, you won't have the strength. 
to go ahead. And there's a whole another podcast I could just do on that. So he gets up and he eats this miracle food, right? And then it says he travels for 40 days and 40 nights on that meal. Hello, what in the world? Who does that? 40 days and 40 nights on one meal. That was some kind of meal. Sometimes, you know, I love to eat, but sometimes it is inconvenient and I just wish that I could eat a meal and then eat another meal the next week because I have a lot of other things that I would rather do than sit and eat. Maybe I'm weird, but I do, I do enjoy a good meal. But that being said, he does that. And then at the end of his journey, he decides to stop before his destination and hide in a cave because he still feels despondent. He still feels like he's the only person left. So let me actually read this to you. First Kings 19, 8. It says, after the angel of the Lord woke him up the first time, he says, so he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the man of God. There he came, the mountain of God, sorry. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. So he stops at a cave and apparently he wasn't supposed to do that because the next verse it says, but the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then we hear Elijah's heart that he's still just despondent. Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, killed your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. So this is that famous story where God says, come out before me on the mountain and Elijah comes out and there is a mighty windstorm and then there is a terrible blast that blows the rocks away. But it says the Lord was not in the wind or the blast. He Then there's an earthquake and the Lord's not in the earthquake. And then there's a fire. Like, can you imagine? It's all these natural disasters, one after the other. I can just imagine Elijah standing there with his mouth gaping open. Like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. So there's an, there's a windstorm, there's an earthquake, then there's a fire. And it says God was not in any of it. And then after the fire, there's a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, God says to him again, basically, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he replies again about all these things he's discouraged about. And then the Lord basically tells him what he's called to do, reminds him who he's called to be. He says, go and anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Go anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be the king of Israel. And then go anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel, Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. And I was just really struck by that this morning. And I actually put a little post on my version and on Instagram, which I don't love to do with devos because, you know, devos are supposed to be personal and whatnot, but... I just felt like people needed to hear this. Like I needed to hear this. Like the voice of God saying to me, you're called. You, Elijah, you were called to anoint kings and prophets and to speak truth to the nation of Israel. Like you, Gabi, you're, you're called. You're anointed for XYZ to be a prophet to the nations, which I have spoken about before, or called to do to disciple people, whatever it is that you're called to do. Like if you can hear the voice of God saying right now, like you're called 
Stop hiding in a cave. You've seen all of these miracles. Why, why are you opting out when you've seen the miraculous? And really, that was really the questions that I felt the Lord asking me. All he said to Elijah was, what are you doing here? But within that one question, I feel like it's, what are you doing here? Have you not seen everything that I have done to bring you to this far? You have journeyed this far on supernatural strength, on a supernatural meal, Elijah, on supernatural wings of grace, Gabi. And you're here hiding in a cave because you are despondent by what you see. But what I see is that you are called to be anointing kings. So why are you hiding from your calling? And I can't say that I know what that looks like practically right now, but I do know even as I'm in the midst of this dark night of the soul, which I spoke about last week, it's like I can't come to this place of despondency where I just feel like I'm alone, feel like I'm the only one, feel like you know, yes, God has done all of this, but surely my heyday is over. And if he was really caring about my calling, then I wouldn't be seeing such discouraging things happen. And all of those kinds of things, like why, why am I hiding from my calling? We can't opt out, you guys. We cannot opt out of this thing. But you can be assured that if you do hide in a cave... God will come and he'll ask you why you're there. The question is, will you let him lead you out? It's a good question. And often he'll lead you out with that still small voice. So also, are we listening or are we looking at all of the disasters happening in front of our eyes? So that is what I had to share with you guys today. And I hope that if you're finding yourself in a cave that you're getting ready to leave it, that you are willing to hear what God has to say and you're willing to walk into the things he's called you to walk into, even if you feel despondent right now. Um, I love you guys, and I know that God has a special call on your life. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what he's going to do in my life. Even if it looks completely different than I expect, I'm excited because he's good and he's worthy. And... His ways are perfect. So if I follow him, I know it will bring honor to him. And that's all that matters, right? I hope you all have a great week that you feel blessed and encouraged. I, again, it feels weird to always say this, but if you can go leave a review on iTunes, that would be so awesome. It really does help build momentum for the podcast and really my heart is to help more dreamers and more believers who are called to impact the kingdom, which is really all of us, to stick it out and to keep running this race well so that we can receive the prize. I love you guys. Talk to you next time.